This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. The video game industry is dominated by three big companies, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. The latter two are generally considered direct competitors, with the PlayStation and Xbox consoles marketed towards similar audiences, that is, players who want the very best home gaming experience. But the way people access and play console games is changing. Xbox Game Pass has been marketed as the Netflix of gaming, a subscription service that's offering players a huge selection of new and old games for one low monthly price. Now Sony is getting in on the action too, launching a revamp of their PlayStation Plus service. Producer James Parkinson has this story. The games industry is kind of having a moment with subscription services, the Netflix model of hundreds of games at your fingertips. But it's been a gradual process to get to this point. It started with Xbox Live, Microsoft's online service launched in 2002 that allowed gamers to play with their friends over the internet. Sony responded with PlayStation Network. Initially, you were just paying for the privilege to play online, but soon Sony started to offer more, introducing PlayStation Plus in 2010. So, you know, you throw in a, f- a couple free games and it uh, it makes the idea of paying to play games with your friends feel a bit more enticing. Hello, my name is Ruby Innes and I am a writer for Kotaku Australia. So if you signed up to PlayStation Plus, you'd get two to four games per month that you could download and retain access to them for as long as you're a subscriber. And from there, people wanted more, and then that's where Xbox Game Pass came in. Game Pass was first launched in 2017 and gave subscribers access to a small selection of older games. The following year, Xbox started adding new games, including day one releases. Then, with the launch of their latest console, the Xbox Series X, in 2020, Game Pass was expanded further, with hundreds of titles available. So I guess the next logical step for PlayStation was to, I guess, create a contender to Game Pass. But at the same time, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't call PlayStation Plus a Game Pass contender just because they're so different. You know what I mean? This week, Sony announced a revamp of PlayStation Plus. Game Pass is the obvious comparison, but there are some key differences. All right, well, they've got three tiers, except you technically got four, but in each country it's three. It's just the fact that there's an extra one that I will explain in a second. Uh, So you've got PlayStation Plus Essential, and that pretty much is what PlayStation Plus is right now, which is, you know, two to four monthly downloadable games, uh, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, and online multiplayer access. And it's the exact same price as PlayStation Plus is now. And then there's Extra, which is everything that I just mentioned, as well as, like, up to 400 of... uh, 400 games that are, like... PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and then with Premium, uh, you get everything from Essential and Extra, so you get those up to 400 games, uh, as well as, you know, the three, two to four free games that come with Essential each month, 
as well as uh, 340 additional games on top of that 400, which is like PlayStation 3 games via cloud streaming, I think PlayStation 2, PlayStation Original, and the PlayStation Portable generations. Like, across all of those, you have access to them, as well as cloud streaming, but that's only if PlayStation Now is available in your country. So that's the kicker. PlayStation Now is available in 19 countries and Australia is not one of them. (laughs) Instead, Australia, as well as like any country that doesn't have PlayStation Now, gets PlayStation Plus Deluxe, which is everything in premium except for cloud streaming. Game Pass gets you know, brand new games, day one on release. Uh, A lot of the times these are big titles as well. PlayStation Plus, not so much. So is this something that is going to be hurting PlayStation Plus as a service? See, that's the hard thing is like, I don't... Could it hurt PlayStation Plus? Maybe. Could it hurt PlayStation? Probably not. Because like the reason why they don't have the day one releases like Xbox does is because uh, PlayStation are well aware that their first party titles are going to sell no matter what. I guess it kind of comes down to the fact of like they want to have a response and they've done that with PlayStation Plus premium and extra they want to have some kind of response because they probably don't want to be seen as falling behind but at the same time they already know that their games are going to sell coming up how subscription services might define the current console generation and the wider games industry that's next after this short break If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. The 1990s saw the console wars dominate the games industry, initially between Nintendo and Sega, and then Nintendo and Sony. These days, though, things are very different. On some level, you do see some kind of mutual respect and and friendliness between Sony and Microsoft. They know that, you know, many people own both of their consoles and uh, they often play down the whole console wars thing. Not to forget about Nintendo and all this too, who kind of just do their own thing. But at a pure business level, how competitive are these two companies and how will these subscription services kind of weigh into their success in this current console generation? Yeah, it's I think I think, you know, with the whole mindset of the console war, I think a lot of people think that there is this kind of like huge rivalry between PlayStation and Xbox, but 
in reality, they're both big companies. They're they're a lot closer than everybody thinks. You know, you could say the same about any big company because that's just the, the the way the world works. But like, there there is a friendly rivalry in the sense that they're both companies trying to make money, and sometimes one will do something and the other will do something similar in response, aka these subscription services. But uh, I think. I don't know. I'm a very optimistic person and it kind of seems like because they're both doing very different things, I think they're both going to kind of achieve some level of success. Like they're both going to stay making a lot of money as they always have. One is just going to do it in a different way to the other. It very much seems like PlayStation's going in a hardware direction while Microsoft is going in a software direction. I think both are doing both, but like realistically from acquisitions and statements made Microsoft seems to be focusing on getting out as much good content as they possibly can to put on Xbox Game Pass and uh PC Game Pass but uh PlayStation is looking to the past for content which is fair totally understandable people love those classic PlayStation games uh as well as you know having a very 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 strong console. Xbox Game Pass has often been, you know, attributed as the Netflix for games. Uh, one of your Kotaku colleagues uh, called PlayStation Plus the Hulu for games. Uh, <laughs> you know, how does this kind of stuff shape the industry? You know, how people are going to be playing and accessing games with the rise of uh, streaming games, you know, kind of on the way as well? Well, it's very interesting because when you think of it like financially, subscription services over time are kind of continuing to get more and more expensive. And it, it may just be incredibly minor, but like it's still there. Like Netflix was, Netflix cost like a bag of chips when it came out. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was not that expensive. Uh, and kind of the same goes for these these game streaming services they started out fairly small honestly i don't think xbox is ever going to be at a point where they don't have a console like realistically i don't think they will just because if they're going to have game pass they need to have a platform that's somewhat easily accessible that they can continue to have those games play on so i don't think a console is ever going to be out of the picture but in terms of like being the the Netflix of the gaming world and and PlayStation being the Hulu of the gaming world, I think they're probably going to go in the same direction as these streaming services. And you know, more stuff is going to get put on there, but they're probably going to get more expensive to you know keep up with the times and stuff like that. Like games are getting more and more expensive, so people don't want to pay for them, which I can totally understand. Like game streaming services are going to become more and more popular and I think over time we're going to see cloud streaming become more and more popular uh, in games like it's popular at the moment but it still has its issues especially in Australia because we don't have very strong internet to kind of hold it up Also making news today, a report from podnews.net 
has revealed YouTube's plans to integrate podcasts into its platform. In a document obtained by Pod News, YouTube outlines several key features relating to the integration of podcasts. The documents refer to an inactive webpage, youtube.com slash podcasts, which will become the main hub, integrating shows directly into YouTube via RSS. Other features seem to include a refined search and discovery, analytics, and monetization options. YouTube has become increasingly keen on podcasts, appointing Kai Chuck as podcast lead in October last year. Australia's largest airline, Qantas, says it will reduce its carbon emissions by 25% by 2030. The company plans to achieve this target by increasing its mix of sustainable aviation fuel to 10%, which will increase fuel efficiency by 1.5% a year. Sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF, is a biofuel with similar properties to conventional jet fuel, but with a smaller carbon footprint. The move is in line with targets set by the One World Air Alliance. Qantas is one of the first airlines in the world to commit to net zero by 2050. The Hubble Space Telescope has captured images of the most distant star ever observed. The star, nicknamed Arendel, is 12.9 billion light years away from Earth. A rare cosmic alignment made the observations possible. Scientists have estimated that the star is at least 50 times the mass of our Sun and millions of times as bright. NASA's new James Webb Telescope could provide further insight, with observations planned for June. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was hosted by me, Christopher Lawson, and produced by James Parkinson. If you're enjoying this series and finding it valuable, then I encourage you to share it with a friend. Sharing the show is the best way to help us build the Defrag community. That's all the news today. I'll be back with more tomorrow.